Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, hosted by Tim and Julie Harris. Why am I doing it more formally? Because I looked at our statistics yesterday, and our listenership is expanding into countries that I've never heard of before. Well, maybe I've heard of them, but don't know where they are. And and it appears that our real estate coaching podcast, this podcast, is becoming the number one uh, real estate podcast in many, many foreign lands, like Tanzania. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> we're, we're number one in a whole bunch of other countries cool. that I don't remember. I'd have to look at the inter- uh, look at the uh, you know the statistics. Yeah. But anyway, moral of the story is for all of you all over planet Earth who have um, or are making us part of your daily listening uh, lives. I really sincerely appreciate the opportunity um, to guide you along the path of your real estate success. And as we've been promising for the last week. We are now ready to start helping all of you complete your real estate treasure map. If you've not yet done so, the real estate treasure map is free. It is available to all of you. Um, And the real estate treasure map is your business and life plan. And the real estate treasure map is designed to be comprehensive. It's designed to make you a little bit uncomfortable. It's designed to make you have difficult conversations with yourself, um, your partner, spouse, your children, the whole thing. This is the actual plan that you need to go from where you are to where you want to be. And it is free. And all you've got to do is text 2021. That's 2021 to 855-685-1045. So go ahead, do it now if you haven't done this yet, and text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And we'll text you back a link. And then you can, um, obviously, then you'll go to the website and you can download the real estate treasure map. But you will discover that it's not just the real estate treasure map that awaits you on the website to download. It is thinking Grow Rich for real estate. It's your 12 monthly generation plan. It's just all kinds of great stuff that Julie and I have prepared for all of you. Our way of saying um, thank you for another fantastic year and our way of saying most importantly, get your butts in gear for the next year. So go ahead and text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Now, before um, Julie, we go to the real estate treasure map. Any other interesting stories or anything you've read that we should, because what we, I feel a little, you know, we're going to have to jump right into the deep end with these guys because sure. what you're presenting today mm-hmm. is something that most of them avoid their entire lives. I know, but we have been warning them. We have been. We have been giving them the long path forward through all of the mindset woes and clearing the cobwebs out. Right. And so now it is time to drill down. Yes. So this is the podcast that is going to be the most important podcast if you're going to get the real estate treasure map done, because this is the one about don't, don't, don't math and doing your numbers and knowing your numbers. Um, and I don't expect all of you to instantaneously have all these statistics at your fingertips. I mean, I'd have to go to several different websites Absolutely. to know all my numbers and our numbers. But the reality of it is this is really critically important stuff that you have to know. And so what we're going to do, and again, this is available on the Real Estate Treasure Map. All you've got to do is text 2021 as in 2021 to 855-685-1045. We're going to go through the math first because you have to do the math first then to backfill with what you have to do in your business. 
and we design the treasure map and frankly our coaching so that you're always putting profit first. We're not ever going to tell you guys to focus on top line numbers and numbers of units and all that. You are in a profit a focused business. Your product is profit. With that profit, then you reinvest that money into things that hopefully will make you passive income and then you can be rich. Rich is where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. Um, and uh, so yeah, you got to put profit first and you got to know your numbers. So hopefully you guys all wrote that down because this is what it starts and ends with is the word profit. So in your notes, write down my product is profit because you can't do what Tim just mentioned if you don't have any of that. So, all right, we're going to do the math part of this, or at least get you guys started on this. And when I do this with coaching clients, Tim, I also have them make it even more meaningful because, you know, they've got to do this stuff anyway for their taxes and they should be accounting. They should be doing profit and loss. So while you're pulling out your numbers, because we're going to talk about your finances, you might want to use something like mint.com to keep track of all of this, or maybe you're using Quicken or QuickBooks and you haven't updated it in a while. So since you have to do this for the treasure map, you might as well get that going. Also, it'll be that much more meaningful and you'll have it all over with. Let's give mint.com a free commercial um, because we use it. So basically mint.com is owned by Quicken and you can go and load in all your accounts into mint.com. And mint.com also monitors your credit too. So, you know, it's a really great all-in-one system. It will pull in numbers from if you have a trade account, like with Ameritrade or something, it does pull those numbers in. Pulls in, obviously, credit card numbers. It pulls in rental bank properties. account numbers. Rent, well, the rental properties isn't as good, but though. At least you can see it on one dashboard. Yeah, point. but they, they use yeah. the estimates to trade. And then it'll produce you know net worth statements for you and things like that. And it does automatically integrate into Quicken. Julie just said if you don't know how to do a, pre, a profit and loss statement, that's okay because Quicken does, and chances are your accountant uses Quicken anyway. So by entering all that stuff into uh, mint.com it automatically integrates with quicken which basically will then formalize you've then created a system around managing your money which is job number one and that's the purpose of today's show yes and it also automatically updates like your balances and you don't have to go and enter it all which i know every right. single one of you mm -hmm. listening hates doing and probably hasn't been doing so the only time they, the only time they have to go in and edit is if they change a password yes yes and you have to get all your information once I thought it would take forever when we did it because, you know, we're running all the different businesses, mm -hmm. but it wasn't that bad. I think I did all the entry in one afternoon. Well, I worked on it too. So, but, yeah, but I mean, it, my point is it's not that painful. It's not like, you know, this horrible thing you have to figure out. It's very basic and simple. You enter all assets in there too. Some of the assets you're going to have to decide what the value of it is. Other assets, uh, mint.com actually uh, tracks what the values are. Like it uses, I know this is dubious, but it uses Zillow. For Z estimates, if you have rental properties, your own properties, it actually tracks um, values of cars and things like that. So it's, it's really cool. cool. Yeah, it yeah. is great. And it is it, the, the best thing about it is that it's going to give you an honest appraisal of your net worth and of your assets. All on one page. Right. Which is, and, which is what some of you don't even you know comprehend what that means. And what that basically means is your net worth is the amount of uh, wealth you have minus all your debts. And a lot of people, especially in real estate, kind of fudge that. And this is kind of funny. Look for this, guys, because you'll laugh when you see it. So when, um, again, this is a lot of real estate people do it this way. They'll say, my net worth is, you know, $5 million. And, okay, so how much in real estate do you own? Well, I own $5 million in real estate. Okay, well, how much um, debt do you have against that real estate? Oh, I have 
five million dollars of debt. <laughs> so what they're saying is their net worth is you know five million dollars because they um, essentially control five million dollars worth of real estate, and yet they don't have any equity in said property. And that's what a lot of people do. And I'm not making that up either, guys. You'll see a lot of people are told to essentially figure net worth uh, based on the value of the assets, not the equity in the assets, which is absolutely stupid. Yes, I also see that when they forget about that little HELOC that they owe. You know, they've pulled out the equity they used yeah, to have and exactly. they owe it. So just be careful with this stuff. And uh, something like mint.com is a great help for all of this. All right, so here we are with your current financial picture. And I know some of you guys are already getting chills here, but it's okay. <laughs> so your financial picture, we're going to start with a certain bucket of money, okay? And this is what we call what you have to earn. This is what we lovingly call keeping the lights on. Well, so so yep. set this up. So there's how many different buckets are there all together? Really, we have uh, taxes and savings are rolled into that because I want them to take it that seriously. Well, so That's there's what, they what have you to have earn. to earn, what you want to earn. That's so... Stay with me. And business expenses. Yes, oh, Julie's giving right. me a stink eye. I better <laughs> shut okay. up. So I'm treading on her territory. Have to earn has four categories. All right. So personal overhead. Do not guess at your personal overhead. Actually get into your checkbook, your accounts, your online accounts, your credit card statements, everything for personal overhead. And so, you know, what we're really talking about is your rent or your mortgage, your groceries, your insurance, and all of you guys. I know some of you guys are running around with no health insurance. You got to fix that. Um, everything you have to pay to make you function. Well, so some of them will say, Julie, I write a lot of things off that are really personal in my business. No, you don't. You don't write that much off stuff. You don't really do it as much as you claim to. And when you hear a lot of people saying stuff like that, they're usually not telling the truth because you can't write that many things and, and off. Really, and we're also talking about even if you do, you still have to earn the money to pay it. That's right. So what we're talking about is your your core base personal overhead. Survival money. Right. And um, you got to figure it out. Now, we've done this with thousands of people at this point. And for the most part, for the most uh, agents in the country, it's like 7,500 bucks per month. If you live on one of the coasts, um, it's going to be a lot more, you know, substantially more. Now, this is not including taxes. This is just, as Julie said, your core expenses to keep, you know, people from uh, going feral, from you know, <laughs> staying in a house, yep. having food to eat, right? The base core expenses. Your utilities, right. stuff like that. If you, if you want to include the private schools in, you can. But truthfully, the private schools aren't necessary. They're just a, they're an add-on. Well, that, but that Things brings like up that. a good point. When you do this, you know, you can, if you really want to drill down, you can separate like... What do I absolutely have to have no matter what? That's food, that's utility, keeping the lights on. It's your cell phone bill and your mortgage, basically. So okay? the philosophy here is that basically you cover what, what we're going to work you into is we're going to show you that there's certain stages of essentially being rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. And this first stage is going to be having passive income that's enough to cover those very base core expenses. Again, so you got to really drill down and get to the real core expenses. Maybe you don't need, uh, you, maybe you haven't cut the cable yet, so you want to do that. Just really, what does it take for you to pay all of your bills um, and get really to the, uh, really the essence of what it, you, how much money you have to earn per month? And the one after that, just to restate what Julie said, are the same in the personal category, but now it's the personal category of the essentially the, the niceties. Your add-ons. Your add-ons, right. Stuff you really don't want to break up with. You could. 
but you you've thought about it and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to take your kids out of private school or you're not going to, you know, I mean, I know that we spend a lot on Amazon, for example. Yeah. And a lot of it's staples, so I'm not going to cut that out. So just be honest and drill down By and staples, write it all down. Are you referring to the thousands of Barbie <laughs> accessories that show up every third day at our house? <laughs> Those are her staples. Those are staples. But so you guys get the idea. Yeah. Maybe it's the Starbucks coffee, maybe it's the da 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 da. So separate, don't just assume that those, you know, optional expenses are mandatory expenses and you should know what they are right you should yep. know what you're you know i i can do everything i need to do on say five thousand a month but what i'm really spending is seventy five hundred a month because of all this other stuff I'm doing. so let's hover here right in this category is where you're going to run into or don't be surprised if you run into a lot of stress with your spouse or your partner potential conflict danger 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 zone right this is a threat vector because this is where people get really pissy when we've done this. Yeah. You could see people's, you know, their faces turn red. They're, you know, the, the people stiffen up. They cross their arms. When we, we've done this with people many, many times. And it's always when you're in this section of the expenses that people get start seeing it as a personal attack. Why? Why do you think that's true, Julie? I think because a lot of it is personal to it's them. It's control. It's control. Um it, it's, you know, a lot of people haven't sorted out who's taking care of the money and who isn't, and so there's conflict. It's control in that they people, the for example, the woman, the husband, the, the partner, whatever it is, they don't want the other person telling them what they're supposed to be spending their money sure. on. They don't want to be dictated to. Yeah, regardless they, of what they're earning. This happens in all different categories. Sure. You know, if you're just getting by or if you're a gajillionaire, it, it's still comes up. Everybody can agree what the core expenses are because everybody knows that they need a place to live, right? Yeah. But when it gets into the niceties and when you start seeing what the ex where the money is really going beyond just the core expenses, you're, some of you are going to be shocked because what happens is people get into patterns of spending uh, money on things uh, and the economy is really you know, predicated on you not being very conscious of where you're spending your money. And I remember back in 07, 08, um, there was a little, a couple filters that we suggested people uh, run their uh, spending habits through before they decided to continue doing them. And I, I'll give you an example. Like when you're buying something and you're, uh, you have to stop yourself and ask yourself if you're buying this thing to feel a certain way or because you actually need it. Now, what do I mean by feel a certain way? Are you purchasing something just because you want to have a, because you've been told that you're going to have a certain emotional, you're going to evoke a certain emotion having had purchase it. Good examples would be, for example, if you could buy a cup of coffee for a dollar, but you go to Starbucks and you spend four dollars for, in essence, it's the same cup of coffee. Um, now, I, Starbucks has changed a lot since 2007, 2008, when we originally started telling people have economized, but not through the, you know, force majeure. They can economize and not feel like they're actually losing anything. You can do it by consciously making the decision to conscious uh, to economize versus actually economizing based on, again, feeling like something's being taken away from you. So before you purchase anything, I want you to ask yourself, well, food's a great example too. Are you eating because you're hungry or are you eating for another reason? And chances are you're going to find probably 90% of the time when you're eating you're, or what you're eating in particular, you're eating because it's an emotional subconscious response. And maybe you've subconsciously, when you were a little kid, you got a cookie when you had a, you know, when you did good at school or whatever. So now you give yourself sweets and carbs basically as a subconscious reward uh, system because that's how your uh, root software was originally programmed. But if you were to actually stop yourself and ask yourself before you put that 
that piece of food in your mouth, whether or not you're eat, whether or not you're truly hungry, or whether or not you're just eating this for an emotional support mechanism, or out of boredom, or, or, out, of boredom, or whatever, or out of habit too. It could be habit. I mean, habits too. So some of you guys are eating the same things, you know, the same times of day every single day, and you haven't even actually stopped yourself to actually consciously ask yourself if you're hungry. Well, the same goes true when you're spending money. Why are you spending money? Are you spending money on whatever the hell it is that you're thinking about buying? And there's nothing wrong with spending money. Don't get me wrong. But are you doing it because of the fact that you're trying to feel a certain way? So for example, when you buy, I use Starbucks as an example, but when you buy a certain brand of something, don't you realize that you're probably buying into that brand, not because the product itself is any better or worse or the competing product, but because you've been uh, convinced that buying, buying into that brand, you're also buying into the brand's values that they claim to have, and you're having the same values. So when you walked into the Starbucks and bought the cup of coffee, again, I know it's not like this anymore, but you were essentially back in the day, you were essentially saying, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm somebody who is, you know, a part of this Starbucks crowd. We're going to sit around, we're going to sit around and talk about, you know, a Parisian poetry. Again, this was over 10 years ago. That's what Starbucks used to be. It's basically coffee house culture. Yeah, right. Exactly. Coffee house culture. Now it's not like that. Now it's just basically, you know, get in, get out, get in, get out. Right. So when you're thinking about buying a pair of shoes or you're thinking about buying anything, you need to stop yourself and look at yourself like you're observing yourself through a microscope and you're some little bacterium in a petri dish and you need to say, oh, look at that little strange bacterium. Look how it's just running to buy those pair of Nike shoes, even though the shoes right next door to it are actually better shoes because that little sweet bacterium is thinking that somehow it's going to you know, be seen in a different way culturally in the tribe and all that. It's all manipulation. And if you really want to get control of your money in this second category, you have to start realizing where you're spending money and then consciously and why. And, well, and, yeah, and why? And then consciously decide. I mean, someone could argue, well, Tim, you can't say that about everything. Hell no, I absolutely can. Well, I'll say that about toilet paper. Okay. I mean, this is, we actually had this conversation a number of times. This is over 10 years ago with people, you know. And here's the answer because you buy certain brands of toilet paper because of the fact that you're trying to, again, associate yourself with whatever it is that you're, I mean, it's beyond personal cleansing, right? It's the cute little teddy bear, it's the, you know, the loving mom. Softness, it's the kid, warm and fuzzy. right? Exactly. Okay. Caregiving. So, so you have to consciously start making decisions where you're going to spend money. Yeah, and you know, our point is not to go into all-out frugality. That's not what we're talking. Though about. it was back in that, Although in that then era, it was. And I remember having coaching calls where we had the Starbucks conversation. They're like, "Oh, I cut out Starbucks on month one of the recession." You know, right? Um, we're just asking you to be conscious, to be aware, to know what the numbers are. And to make some decisions, why are you doing that? I mean, we didn't have to buy iPhone upgrades, but we like Apple and it works and we use it every day and it's a tool, right? But we did it consciously. COVID's done the same thing. Absolutely. COVID's a bit of an emotional financial cleansing for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And you can see it where people are choosing to live. Definitely. But you're, I think you there's. You just wait till the Sunday show. I've been collecting all kinds of stuff. Oh that. boy. Sunday show warning. You've got it. All right. Good. <laughs> yes. So okay. that, so just be warned. Okay. It's normal for the second phase when you're going through personal expenses, um, you know, assuming you're not single, that it's going to be stressful. Even if you're single, it's going to be stressful because that's where you're going to find all these emotional little uh, spending money trigger things that people do. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. We Let's mm-hmm. give personal examples. They know okay. we're not basically just, you know, yeah. when you and we used to, when we sold real estate, 
um, you would have you after closing or when we had lots yeah. and lots and lots thousands of closings we sold thousands of houses mm-hmm. you would traipse off and go shopping yeah as a little award reward some of them more than others because yeah. some of them but as a, as a little out. reward sure absolutely yeah and so some and some of the junk you'd buy some of the stuff you'd buy you would just yeah. not even use or just it would occasionally just, that's true yeah okay so but the point is the same everyone yeah. and did you guys hear the voice change in Julie well so, yeah because I you know it's still an emotional thing for her remember tough closings yeah, yeah well exactly but that's that true. so that the point is is that this yeah, is well but you know and I see this also I see myself tempted like uh think about after a hard workout okay say so like you worked your ass off so you know I can go eat that now that's okay well but it's it's all emotional and it's all related right it's the reward thing and being conscious of it and yeah. I make my here's what I do when I want something sweet I'm not a terrible sweets person but occasionally I have a sweet craving what I do to control that is I imagine that I just had it yeah and because now my mouth is empty. My stomach is, you know, full. I'm putting myself, okay, so I imagine I just did it. Am I really any better off? No. Well, so I might as well not have it. We ha- When we were in um, Miami and they put that big, you know, plate of desserts on the table. Yeah. And everyone just went after it like a pack of ravaged dogs, right? <laughs> and you and I were like, nope, we don't want nope. any. And then um, I told, I said to somebody, I, I know he's a listener, so I won't use his name, Orlando. And I said, <laughs> I said to him, because he was going after this, you know, big plate, like, again, you know, some sort of. What do they call wild dogs in Puerto Rico? <laughs> Satos. Satos, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, and I said, so is it really worth it for that like millisecond of mouth pleasure to eat whatever you're eating right now, considering that you, there's nothing about that that's good for your body, let alone, you know, the future version of you is going to have to deal with it in the form of body fat. I mean, it's really funny when you think about things like that. When you think, okay, I'm going to shove this piece of whatever in my head um, for why am I doing it? I'm not hungry. I'm doing it as some sort in of award. In fact, it's dessert, which means you're probably already full. Right. And I'm doing it as a, an award, a reward for myself to make myself feel good for what? Two, three seconds while you scarf the damn thing? All the while, your body's going to have to deal with it for potentially years see, to I come? See, I think that's related to scarcity and abundance, too, that you're going to you know, suck down that piece of cake because you might not see one for a while. Yeah, probably. Well, that's yeah. true because, well, now you're getting into some really interesting stuff that will bore them. But it is true because um, back the... Uh, that that's the reason that we're so easily manipulated with sweet things mm-hmm. is because um, sweets and anything sweet is something that's incredibly hard to find in nature. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of, you know, that, so a sweet anything back for, for the, you know, base level man brain, which all of us have, is something that so, is exceptional. But that's also why food manufacturers artificially sweeten virtually everything. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever gone and not eaten uh, food that's manufactured, that's processed, you'll find that's almost never as sweet as, like if you ever had real bread before, real bread does not taste sweet. Yeah, so get this. For example. Don't ask me the source because I don't have it in front of me, but I did read that uh, whoever does the nutrition content and carbohydrates and sugars and whatever, you know, the little label on your food. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they studied um, Subway breads. Mm -hmm. And they said that it is so sweet now that we can no longer categorize it as a bread. Technically, it's cake. That's amazing. Because it's been sweetened to that point. Now, I don't know if that's all of the breads they use, but, you know, again, the point is they do artificially sweeten things. So that's showing you guys, and it's not big evil companies. That's not where we're going with this. But it's showing you how easily manipulated all of us are. Um, And so we're giving you the food example, but the same thing works on all aspects. Like buy this product and you'll be part of this, you know, aspirational tribe that you want to belong to. Join this club, do all this, you know, in real estate, for example, it's earn this award.
reward. So real estate brokers in the industry on a whole, and we've never been advocates of, look, recognition is something everyone needs. Well, it's a desire. It's a you know one of the most motivational desires that people have. But look to see what people are willing to do just for recognition from strangers. Look at social media, for example. People will literally spend all of their potential profit uh, to essentially have, uh, you know, get an award or a, pro- a plaque. Um, it's When Julie and I were selling real estate and we were selling you know, 100 to 200 homes per year, we actually didn't want our names included anymore in the top, you know, 25 list where we sold real estate. We didn't want to be included in it because we felt ourselves being psychologically manipulated to sell one or two or five extra houses that month so we could beat everybody else. And that would often mean it wasn't based on profit. It was just based on units. So I wasn't being rewarded for uh, producing more profit. I was being rewarded for essentially selling more houses, even if selling those houses were at a loss because I had to do something stupid to get the unit. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole manipulation thing. And, and all of us basically at the end of the day, end of the day are quite dumb and easily manipulatable. <laughs> yes. And we need to wrap up soon because I think we both have calls coming up. But mm-hmm. um, just as a prequel, because you just touched on it. Where are we headed with all this? Tomorrow we're going to talk about your business overhead, another big black hole of potential So you have, you have taxes in a separate category? Yes, taxes and savings, because we're going to talk about 10% and 15% how to you know deal with that. That's a different call. Okay. But um, we are going to talk about business overhead next. So today's call is about figuring out your personal overhead and being honest about that and getting into all of your cards, your checkbooks, your online banking, everything, your apps, the whole nine. You know, don't leave anything out. I can almost guarantee you it's more than what you're guessing right now. For most people, it's it's probably about 20% more than what they guess off the top of their head. Um, so tomorrow we'll talk about business overhead, and we're warning you ahead of time. If you want to work ahead after you do personal, same thing. Now, business overhead is not so different than how you treat personal overhead. There's business overhead as real estate professionals. And I know some of our listeners maybe aren't in real estate, but they can apply the same concept to their business, especially those of you in, say, Tanzania, whatever you guys are up to. Uh, But you have business expenses that are necessities, right? So I would say your cell phone is one of those. I would say E&O insurance, whether that's paid through your broker. Well, you have to pay the board dues, your association dues. dues. You have to pay NAR dues. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Your MLS, certain number of signs, um, you know, however you're handling your photography, your basic stuff. I'm not talking about what you're maybe blowing with Zillow. That's not a necessity. I'm talking about functionality here, okay? So a little bit maybe for office supplies and for some office utilities, and like keeping it real. And then you look at your other categories, stuff you're probably spending money on, but is it a necessity? And you need to know the difference. So perhaps you can run your business on say, $1,500 hard cost per month that you can't get away from. Those are just to make you functional electronic lockboxes, whatever. And then you're spending another X amount of dollars on stuff that maybe is working for you, maybe isn't working for you. And so that's another conversation for a different podcast. So what you're saying basically is when you get to business expenses, the same philosophy yes. applies. It's the core base uh, business expenses, and then there's the fluff business expenses. Yes. And what, I hope you guys are hearing what we're saying, because where we're going with all this is essentially making you have an actual financial plan, because I hope on what, Thursday or Friday maybe, or maybe mm-hmm. next week, we're going to be able to then show them exactly how they can earn the amount of money that they have to earn and want to exactly. earn through just focusing on listings but to do them do the work first do the homework now where do you go about since it's the personal expenses um, conversation where how do you go about doing this do what Julie said go to your bank statements if you use like when you know Julie and I try to uh, use an American Express card on everything so run everything through an Amex card and then you can easily categorize things business or personal Actually, Amex even does it for you if you go to their graphs 
it's pretty accurate. Sometimes they'll miscategorize something, but they'll show you, you know, they'll they'll spin out like movie theater. They'll call personal, but you know, uh, something that you spent like office supplies. They definitely already categorize a lot of that as business. That's great. So that to go through all those statements and actually know what your numbers are, write those numbers down. And this is all going to be important as we move forward. And look, guys, you should be working along with us in the real estate treasure map. And if you don't have your real estate treasure map yet, just text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021, as in 2021, to 855-685-1045. Go ahead and do that now. Uh, we're only, a, you know, basically a half a show into presenting you the real estate treasure map. There's still time for you to download it, print it out, and complete this along with us as we go through the rest of this month. Hey, guys, Merry Christmas, and thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in the nation. This has been an incredible year for growth for the podcast. It's all because of all of you. Please continue to uh, give us five-star reviews on, on whatever you know listening, listening service you're using. If you're listening on iTunes, it's incredibly important to give us a five-star review there because iTunes essentially is the mothership for all the sorts of podcast ratings. And when you guys give us a five-star review, you're actually doing us a huge favor because then it's telling iTunes that you know it's a likable show and then iTunes actually promotes the show for free to other people who they think their algorithm says might be interested in the show as well. So we'd really sincerely appreciate it if you would uh, give the show a five-star review um, on iTunes. And if you're looking for the perfect Christmas gift, as always, it's Harris Rules. It's available at Barnes & Noble. It's available at any bookstore, really, for the most part. We saw it at the airport and whatnot. But definitely get it from Amazon. That's going to be the easiest place. And you can have it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> depending on where you are in the country, you could even have it in like 15 minutes. <laughs> That's true. I have a friend in Redmond, Washington. And I mean, when I send her something, it literally says, would you like it by like 4.30 a.m.? Or something crazy. You're like, seriously, it must be drones or something. I don't know. Yeah, I know. But the book also comes in holiday colors. So yes, it's give it as a, gift. a beautiful, seasonal, traditional green with gorgeous gold writing on it. You know, with then the cover says, a real estate agent's practical, no BS, step-by-step guide to becoming rich and free. That's right. You don't even have to wrap it. It already looks pretty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, you have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.